is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, I'm coming off of my honeymoon trip to Nashville, Tennessee, and I can give you the lowdown if you're interested. Hey, congrats on getting married. Thank you. Yeah, I've been married for a year now, a year and a couple of days. Um, we and we went to Nashville to celebrate, which is a, have you ever been? I have, and, and in fact, I'm gonna derail us Please. instantly. I have three questions. Oh boy, the the problem is, is I they're just gonna kind of come off the top. Yeah, I'm gonna start with worst moment of the trip. Well, that's not totally off topic, but the worst moment of the trip, um, was actually the the literal anniversary day which is july 10th so that was sunday because saturday night was my rager night in nashville and sunday i i've never felt like that all day i bounced back um thursday wasn't much so i bounced back friday just fine uh friday went hard enough and bounced back saturday just fine but saturday went even harder sunday could not bounce back so that was like the worst moment of the trip is just being like feeling like death all day. I was walking very slow because we still went around to some places like to get breakfast and stuff. But, oh, that was bad. It's the worst moment. Yeah. What was the best thing you ate? The best thing I ate was, ooh, okay. It's uh, this little donut place. Uh, in in the big food hall area that's on slash by Broadway, mm-hmm. um, it they had like there were many donut holes. They had not donut holes. Donut holes are just circular, right? No no inside cutout. Correct. Okay, the, they weren't donut holes. They were just mini donuts. Um, but they had all kinds of toppings. So the like the whiskey glaze was really good. Um, there was some kind of like fruity pebble thing. I think I had one more that I liked, but I can't remember what it was. Those two were my favorite, but that was like the best food I had. And I did have good food. I didn't, I never had food that I didn't like, but those donuts were great. Okay. Final question. The most important question, by the way. Yeah. Are you still in love? I'm I'm gonna have to think about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I came back still in love. Okay, yep. good, good, good. I went to Nashville in love, and I came back in love. Let me tell you, with man, how that, many women I can't say that that honeymoon phase uh, is looking different and different for people. You know, there's the people that go right away. There's the people because of you know a numerous amount of reasons don't go until a year or so after. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on making it through the honeymoon phase. Uh, the real marriage starts now. So that that'd be my advice to you. Or, or well, now my, what's your uh, what's no? Y- you can't. That's not really advice. That's just like a fact. What's yeah, your my, advice my, now uh, that marriage? My, okay, yeah, so my that's more of a statement. My advice is, hang in there. Keep okay. pursuing your wife. My dreams. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And your dreams. Uh huh. If you can pursue your wife and your dreams at the same time, that's how you can confirm you married the right woman. Okay. No, I like that. I appreciate it. And if she recently, lets you talk about Michigan football, basketball, baseball, Tigers, Little mm-hmm. League baseball once a week, 
you know, on a, on a Wednesday, Thursday around 7 p.m., then you definitely know you've made the right choice. I was recently asked um, for marriage advice from a mm. family member who's getting married. I don't, I don't know that I trust you quite yet, but you're getting there. No, no. Well, tell me what you think. So I said, look, um, you should work hard, but it shouldn't be hard. Mm. Wow. How do you think that? I really felt across? that. I felt that in my soul. And I just really pulled that out of nowhere that it just came to me. I was like, yeah, you know, it is hard work, but it shouldn't like be hard. You shouldn't wake up every day and be like, oh my God. So I guess that was my, my that was the advice I think I'm going to carry with me. Anytime somebody asks, I'm just going to have it ready. Work hard shouldn't be hard. Like it. Yeah. I always have that one uh, locked and loaded because I think that that advice single-handedly could turn somebody's week around. By the way, in Nashville, I don't know if you saw any of my pictures, but uh, tore up the karaoke stage at mm. AJ's Good Time Bar. I don't know that. Our, our pictures? Was, was there a video? No. Okay. There, I mean, a video exists. Oh, this would be cute. cute. Let's make a little break here so we can just play <laughs> the audio of the, of the video. We've done that before, actually. Yeah. You um, celebrating a, a Michigan tournament win. Yeah, against Tennessee. Yeah. So I wore my Michigan basketball shirt the first day to let everybody know what I'm about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I also yelled. You're about that smoke. Protect Lane Kiffin. Because mm. remember on, in football, the yep. fans throwing golf balls at him. I, I was going down there to start some fights. I'm glad you made it out alive, and you're still married. So between those two things, you are on the right track, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, should we get into some Michigan stuff? I don't know that we know what we're talking about unless you know what we're talking about, but I'm happy to always talk about Michigan stuff. No, I really don't. Um, Michigan's got a new president, okay? Santa. Santa Ono. And word on the street is that he's a little friendlier to athletics than the man before him, Mark Schlissel. Let's put it let's put it this way. He okay. is friendlier to students in general. Like See, I, he is a better person. Okay. I, I I don't I didn't go to Michigan. I don't know people who have gone to the University of Michigan. Like my connection to the university beyond the athletics is minimal slash doesn't exist. So, of course, I've, like, kept up by proximity to, you know, what's been happening in the, the upper ranks of the university. But this whole thing of, like, well, this guy's coming in and he's uh, very friendly to the athletic department. And I'm like, what does that even mean in the context of, like, being a university president? Like I'm not, I'm not doubting the validity of this stance, but I just don't know what it means. People are excited about NIL. Um, you know, maybe this has NIL implications, and you know, in terms of just like what the university is or how far the university is willing to to go, and sort of the uh, it's 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 the wild west in some places and. Michigan has been on more of the conservative side of things. Like all of this doesn't compute with me 
somebody who doesn't know anything about the university only knows things about the athletics and now there's a new president and people want me to be excited because of what it means for athletics. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of layers supposed to to this. I feel like you've got to, especially in your situation, focus on the, the athletics angle. And, you know, it's hard to take what anyone's saying, anything other than a grain of salt because you you just don't know at this point what the reality is for me you know working in higher ed working closely with a you know institution presidents at a couple of stops i kind of look a little bit deeper into that and i think that's kind of why i call out the student thing you know student athletes are the most important part about college athletics especially now finally with with nil and the ability to to make a little bit of money uh so i think it's a perfect time to have somebody come in who who really values students and, you know, without speaking ill, I, I'll just say that I know that there are some presidents who uh, value students more than others. You know, they're called to do a lot of things. Athletics is a very small thing on his plate, uh, though uh, Ward Manuel will report to the president. It's a position that reports to the president. So anything to do with athletics, you know, he's going to have to run by his boss uh, and his boss is the president of the institution. And I think if it's someone who values or at least understands the importance of athletics at a higher level than the former president did, I think that's a good thing. You know, there's a couple of quotes I was reading today. Tommy Tuberville uh, said he was all for athletics. He was 100% supportive. Uh, Mick Cronin, who was uh, coaching Cincinnati while Dr. Arnold was there, said that he was a major supporter of athletics, uh, showed up to games. He had a you know, a great passion for UC. Uh, and while there, you know, he was he was there when they renovated uh, a, an arena, a stadium, uh, and we're trying to get a bid to the Big Ten Conference. So this is a guy who understands uh, the importance of athletics, I think has had some great experiences with the conference alignment stuff, especially with, you know, word that UCLA and USC are, are headed to the Big Ten and probably others, uh, you know, sooner than later. So I think it's probably going to be a good fit uh, but anyone who loves students and truly cares about student experience, which seems cliche for higher ed, but it's really not, uh, I think it's going to ha- be uh, in a great position to allow some good change to happen. And, I mean, what a better time to, uh, there is no better time to have a, a new face step in, uh, especially with college athletics and where it's trending and where all these conference realignments are happening. Okay. So as somebody who has like been in higher ed for so long, do you think students care i know as a college student like i wouldn't have cared i think students care at university of michigan maybe more than some but you know uh far less than you know schools and students in the ivy league would care about administration i think students care about administration everywhere you know even at the small schools like some of the schools that i've worked at uh, they really care about the decisions the administration makes but i don't know that the president directly has an impact on everybody but when you have a president like Michigan just had, uh, and students were very unhappy with many reasons, especially anything to do with the pandemic, I'm sure it is a welcomed thing to have a new face on campus. But like any position, you've got to prove that you know what you're doing and you're able to make good decisions or everyone turns on you. I mean, that's that's the, the, the tenure of Jim, Jim Harbaugh anywhere he's been, but especially at Michigan. Uh, okay. You know, the, the best hire... Michigan's ever had until all of a sudden it wasn't the best hire. And now all of a sudden it's like the best hire again. So 
you know, I, I think I think it'll be a good thing, uh, especially in light of all the things that have happened with the former president and then just the many allegations a major university like Michigan has. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of, you mentioned USC and UCLA. I, I don't think we've talked since all of that went down or have we? No, I, no. I don't. I, you know, I was thinking that, you know, sometimes we come in here and don't have the biggest plan, but can make, you know, quite a show. I, We're a I think, plan. Yeah. A plan at all. Uh, which was today. Cause it was kind of a last second thing uh, for me. Cause I forgot. Forgot. I, I mean, living life. In, in the technical sense, it was not last second. Um, True. But yeah. We were on time. <laughs> and plus, this gets uploaded at a random time. So yeah, didn't even need to, to throw myself under the bus there. But yes, uh, I don't want to, like I didn't actually LOL, uh, but it was one of those like, you know, a little bit of an in-the-head chuckle when you see that USC and, and UCLA are headed uh, this way. But that, you know, the changes in... College athletics have, I mean, I don't even think we've seen the biggest things yet. You know, this NIL has been a game changer, will continue to be. These conference realignments, this mega conference stuff, the dollars involved, I mean, things are going to continue to change. Uh, Once I laughed about it a little and and thought how wild and weird is that, it felt like a really good decision. You know, the Big Ten is being proactive. Those are two uh, schools with incredible tradition in multiple sports uh, and just as institutions in general who are thinking of themselves and their future as a conference and, and the importance of a conference in college athletics uh, it continues to, to to change. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing for the Big Ten. I just don't know how it ever stops being weird. And, you know, you're going to go to USC and play in a, in a snowball eventually. Uh, and it sounds like your Big Ten championship is going to be thousands of miles away from the majority of the Big Ten schools. That's the part to me that just sucks. Yeah, that, like, that does I, suck. I'm not, I'm not um, opposed geographically. It's weird. Like, that's just a fact. I think it's weird. Well, let's um, make it clear too, because you live in a city where oh, the Big yeah. Ten championship has been, and I agree with you. 100 percent and i do not live in a city where the big championship has been so i mean geographically it sucks no matter how close you are and you're literally right there any day any game in that stadium you could probably walk into because you can literally walk there to to make sure something happens i yeah i'm pretty mad about that and i'm trying to wait you know to see just exactly what happens with that championship game but you know this is this is going to the West Coast at some point, and it's probably not going to be just a a one off. I mean, I can see it being there for a, for a good run of years. I hope that doesn't happen, but that's the thing that would really make me mad. I I'm intrigued, you know, with adding uh, USC and UCLA. Like those are big names, regardless of what things have looked like recently. It's <laughs> It's going to be hilarious, as many people have pointed out. You know, the first time uh, USC tr- travels to like Iowa in November <laughs> or Minnesota, like, <laughs> and and those those athletes, uh, some of them, you know, probably experienced that kind of weather for the first time. That'll be uh, that'll be like must watch TV. Um, but other than 
the general intrigue of like, ooh, how how do USC and UCLA fit into the Big Ten? I think it's so far off for me. Like, even though 2024 is not that far away, it's it's not really sinking in. Like, probably when I see a schedule and I see that Michigan is traveling to UCLA in October, that'll be like, oh, that's that's pretty weird. But it, until then, like, it just doesn't it's not resonating with me. It's it doesn't seem. Uh, it doesn't seem like something I need to worry about. It's not all that serious yet. Yeah. I mean, the reality is this is a money move and it's hard to see how it will work right now. I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Michigan had UCLA in the schedule and then did they cancel it? Or is it just one of those things that was so far off that I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Michigan and UCLA were were destined to match. I don't remember what exactly happened to it. But, you know, one of the things that I saw, I think yesterday, um, was just about how ticket prices uh, at USC and UCLA could really benefit from this change. And, of course, you know, you've got Michigan coming out west. You have Ohio State. You know, I mean, not me, but. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) You, You have, you know, that's kind of where it stops in my opinion, you know, unless say Notre Dame joins the conference or Michigan state's having a big year. Did you year. say Penn state? I did not. No. And, and, and I don't see it. I think Penn state and, and USC had an incredible game in the Rose bowl. And that I'm was a lot of fun. And, and I think it could be good matchups. And I think that really any team can benefit from this. You have another team that you have a chance to beat. And like you said, no matter what recent history is, uh, these teams have a, a lot of history uh, in multiple sports. We think of UC- UCLA basketball. That's you know single-handedly considered the the best basketball program of all time uh, in basketball. And, and USC, you know, had some really really good years and are on the brink of you know potentially doing something really big with Lincoln Riley and you know getting everybody that he ever wanted to transfer there with him. Um, yeah, I think what's what's kind of crazy though is some of those other matchups like you know Rutgers UCLA <laughs> you know even even <laughs> Illinois USC like there's just it's just so funny to think about it is because you're not you're not like I'm not in that mindset you're not picking on like don't I don't want to pick on a Utah because as of late they've been a really good team <laughs> but like you know Utah might not be the most exciting program to anyone outside of Utah fans in, in the pack pack 12. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's really the same thing. It's just weird because, you know, the, the teams that we at least don't know many fans of or seem to be a little bit smaller market or not successful teams in the Big Ten now go up against really notable names in California and USC and UCLA. So, I mean, it's all money. Uh, and I think a lot of money will be made because of this. But I think with what's what we're heading towards with mega conferences, one, the the realignment's not done. And I think we're essentially going to have, you know, in a, a national league and an American league type of situation, you know, an AFC and NFC type of situation. It's really shaping to be a model that resembles pro sports. And if you look pro sports is who has figured out the playoff systems. Uh, and yeah. we know that almost everybody collectively, uh, except for maybe the committee itself is ready for an expanded playoff. So, you know, we're going to get it uh, with this conference realignment stuff. No, okay, last thing that I have a something for you. But um the mega conferences. It before let's say let's say we're inevitably like on that track. Um 
these, like the Big Ten and the SEC for the most part, you know, need to keep accumulating. So like who, what's the next wave of schools you want or you would want if it's inevitable? Like things are going to keep expanding. Who do you want? So this is where, so I was thinking about this and one of the weirdest things is it's really only weird until it's reality. And I would say if you would have told me even a year ago, two years ago, that, hey, you know, after the, you know, after one, Michigan's going to make the Big Ten championship, win it, and make the college football playoff, I'd have been like, you're crazy. Also, before the next season after that starts, the USC and UCLA are going to join the Big Ten. I would have thought you were wild. But since it's fair game and anything goes, I hope that the Big Ten gets Duke and North Carolina. I mean, why not bring two other programs from, you know, the same area? Uh, that can have a rivalry in, in storied history, especially in basketball. And Big Ten is is known as one of the better, if not the best, basketball conference. You know, why not to try to go after guys and, and programs like that? You know, I, I think that that would be my dream list. But then I think the the one that uh, makes the most sense, and, and I'll name a few just as examples. I think uh, you could get uh, Notre Dame, uh, even though they're stubborn and they don't want to. I wouldn't be surprised if they go down to the SEC because they can. Uh, and then I think, you know, a team like Iowa state, I think you need to pair somebody with Iowa, uh, give them that big rivalry that they play every year, but make it, you know, play for more in the conference, uh, make them go after that spot and, and that side of the championship game. Okay. So I, I have, I have something here for you. I, I was able to pull a snippet from one of my karaoke sets. Now let me preface this with two things. First. It sounds like crap, and it's not me that sounds like crap. It's the fact that like this is a a crazy bar scene, and people are like yelling and like it's gonna sound awful. But the other thing here, you have to understand that when so I do my set, and that's what I keep calling it my set. Uh, night ends. Next morning, I'm out at breakfast. We're leaving the diner. And this guy stops me. He's like, this is the guy that sang karaoke last night. Wow. Now, everybody goes to Nashville looking for fame. Yeah. Right? It took me one night. That's incredible. One set. That's just shows how talented you you are. Yeah. I said, thank you, sir. I do it for people like you. And I walked out of the diner. And I don't think my spirits have ever been higher. That was incredible. Okay, I'll play this for you. Uh, my second warning that sounds like crap, but here we go. Okay. Did you were you able to hear me at all? I was able to hear you. Yes. Well, uh, shockingly, so that was, because it was less than I was expecting, really low quality. But like the fact that it sounded so good just on this production was yeah, was exactly. That's, just that's imagine really being good. there in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was summertime blues. Um, not an Alan Jackson original, but he covered it really well on his album "Who I Am," and it's a very fun song. It's upbeat for karaoke and it's short enough that 
you know, you're not dragging the audience because you get some of these karaoke songs. If they go longer than like four minutes, you know, we're like, okay, when's this going to wrap up? So that was, I also sang Everything I Love off of the Everything I Love album, which is a little slower, but not, not too slow. And then Monica and I did a duet of uh, Johnny Cash and June Carter, Jackson. If you if you're familiar, here's my question: Does "Summertime yeah. Blues" go down in history as an Alan Jackson song? You know, this is um, a very interesting question because I think it largely gets associated with him anymore. Right, but it's a cover. I mean, he did not write "Summertime Blues." But in so an I, era, I mean, and this has been going on for a long time, especially in music in the as music continues, of an era where they're more likely to make a new Batman than, you know, do something original. I think he goes down to most people as who sang that song. Cause I personally I think so too. couldn't have told you that it wasn't his. I think like that's originally a lot of music. Right. And right, then right. you have to, add, you know, you got to think like, what does it mean? We're talking about a sound, you know, mm-hmm. these are, it's a sound. What does it mean to take a sound? Because you, you can have your sound? version and it can still uh-huh. be excellent. And that's that's okay. That's talent. That's yes. that's the reality. But yeah, I, I feel bad for you know anyone who made the original and and someone better or at least more popular Clearly. came around and made their own version and will go down in history as the person who sang that song. Next episode, Derek and I dive deep on what it means to cover a song. Is it stealing? Is it appropriating? Is it honoring the original artist? I mean, anyone in a talent show can sing a cover of anyone's song. So why uh-huh. shouldn't it, you know actual artists be able to? Do Only the difference same? is they've got a studio. All I've got is a microphone and a couple hundred rowdy fans. I mean, let's let's be honest. Money can can make anybody a star, uh-huh. especially a country star. Yeah, and all you need is one big break, which I think I got. So. They're already asking when I'm coming back, and I'm trying to make plans to get back there. It's not really working with my schedule, but when I'm able to get back and like officially, you know, really solidify myself as a country music star, I would like to continue the show. Maybe you know, not. I actually work with someone who spent a long time in Nashville working with country artists, so I could probably okay. get you connected. I don't think I need the connection because, um, like, I've already been discovered. But I mean, thank you. It means so much when like the little people try to help me. It's so that's, cute. I'm like, that's that's my role. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll we'll end things there, <laughs> and we'll get back uh, talking about God knows what. Who who knows anymore? But it's it's summer, and like I don't know. It doesn't seem like stuff happens. So we we are good at finding fun stuff to talk about. I'll give us that. And I'm sure we'll do it again uh, next time we're on here. So until then, take care out there and go blue. Go blue.